TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the kickback. It's your boy Jamal, and uh, we here on this good day, good Thursday afternoon, evening, kicking back. Let's get some stuff out the way. Uh, make sure you listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or catch us on the OAM net- OAMnetwork.com slash the kickback. If you go listen to us on iTunes, rate us with five stars, give us good comments. Let the people know you're liking what you're hearing. And uh, check the Facebook out, facebook.com slash kickback901. Uh, my personal Facebook, Jamal. I'm not going to give you my last name. Just find it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we got a Twitter somewhere, too, but I forgot the name of it. We'll put it up. It, it's linked to the page on oamnetwork.com, so check us out there. Uh, Q is not with us today, uh, but we have another special guest in there with us, another, uh, another Memphian, native Memphian. His name is Derek Byers. Uh, it might sound familiar to some of you uh, Memphis basketball hoop heads. Derek is, in my estimation, one of the Memphis high school basketball legends. Uh, he's a college basketball player of the year, professional basketball player with stints in the NBA, the NBA D-League, and overseas. And um, now he's playing in the newly formed three-on-three league called the Big Three with some other big names in it. And uh, he has been so gracious with his time in Memphis to sit down with us. So, Derek, what's up, man? What's going on, man? That was a hell of an introduction. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> I'm just listening to it, man. You can continue. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, we gonna, we gonna, I, want, I want to talk to you about some things, man. Like I said, uh, in full disclosure, Derek is one of my God brothers, so he's one of the closest people to me. So uh, he's actually doing your boy a favor by doing this, so I thank him for that. And uh, before we delve into all the old stuff in the background, let's talk about the new things. I said that you're, uh, you're playing in the big three. Mm-hmm. You know, the three-on-three league formed by Ice Cube with some names in it like Allen Iverson, Chauncey Billups, and all of that stuff. Right. Um, you're on the team with Brian Scalabrini, Josh Childress, Rasul Butler, and you're coached by Rick Barry. Like, that's, that, like that's, this whole thing is crazy. How did it come on your radar? How did you find out about it? What was the process of doing all this? How did you get involved with the big three? Mm-hmm. Right. So I started the season in France, and then uh, around February I left uh, – you know, managerial issues and stuff like that um, with those people. But when I got back here, I saw what Ice Cube and Roger Mason were doing. Uh, you know, two months up until then, they had been like promoting it and uh, been seeing some some links and stuff like that. So Roger actually went to Virginia and he declared for the NBA the year that I signed to come in. So, gotcha. yeah, yeah. So we go way back. And so I hit up Roger right away reached out and I told him that I was interested in what was the criteria to join. So that's what initially got it on the radar for me. Cool, man. Uh, what are your uh, expectations for the league? Like, what are you trying to get out of it? I know, I mean, it's an opportunity to play mm-hmm. against some legendary names in the NBA and basketball as a whole, but for your purse, like personally and professionally, what are you trying to get out of it? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, most of those guys I already know, but there's some that I don't know as well. So, 
you know, the whole networking factor just to be around those guys. I mean, that's great for me. Catch up, see what everybody's doing, see if we can build and work with each other towards certain things. Uh, that's one of the things that I'm looking to get out of it and just, you know, uh, it's going to be televised on Fox Sports. So that's another exposure element to it. Um, so anytime you can play in front of the cameras in the States at that, I mean, we're just going to be having fun um, throughout the summer over those over those t- uh, 10 weeks. So what was the, was it a tryout? Was it like your agent called somebody and got you on? Like, what was the process of getting in, like indoctrinated into the whole big three thing? Right, right. So like I said, I reached out to Roger at first. And then when he got back to me and said, hey, you know, you meet the criteria, you know, uh, you're, you've played in the NBA, uh, you're over 30 or whatever the age requirements was. So um, I was one of the guys that was invited to a draft combine mm-hmm. that took place in Las Vegas uh, in April. So I think it was about, originally it was supposed to be about 75 guys that were right. supposed to be there, but I think that got narrowed down to like 50 or something like that. And I saw that 24 spots were open. And, you know, you see those names that's on the on the, the tryout list, and you're like, man, I know this guy, I know that guy. Even if they're 40 right now, I know he had games. So right, he, right. He's probably still got games. So, uh, you know, that's what that's what led to that point. And then at the combine, you know, it was just about, you know, forget what your name is, like what's your game about. So I went out there, played well, and uh, they had a draft on that Sunday of that weekend. And uh, I was drafted seventh overall out of the 24 picks. Seventh, nice, man. Um, like I said, you on the team with, it's called the Ball Hogs mm-hmm. with uh, Brian Scalabrini, right. Josh Childress, Rasul Butler, coached by Rick Barry. Mm-hmm. Is there any other? Is there anybody you looking forward to playing? Mm. That's a good question. Uh, I mean, Allen Iverson is the face behind it. I would say. I mean, right. he's a Hall of Famer already. Uh, even though he's not my position or something like that, I never got a chance to really be on the court with him before. And he's actually somebody I looked up to, even though he's six foot and I'm six seven. He's somebody who, honestly, I think everybody around my age at some point in time, like, took something from his game. Looked up to him. Yeah, like, he just, he revolutionized the game. I mean, there's no other way to put it. So, uh, just to be on the court against him, um, you got Chauncey Billups, uh, NBA Finals MVP, uh, Corey Maggette, you know, all these dudes, and uh, I'm just looking forward to it. Man, well, you ain't going to have to wait long. (laughs) <laughs> to play Allen, to play Ivo, because uh, I was looking it up. Right, y'all. That's who y'all play first. That's the first game. This that's y'all first game. game. <laughs> yeah. June a- June twenty fifth in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Y'all will be playing the Threes Company team, and that team has Allen Iverson, mm-hmm. Demar Johnson, Ruben Patterson, mm-hmm. among some other people. So mm-hmm. that's gonna be super interesting to see how that works out because Allen Iverson is the captain, but he's the player coach. So I guess right you so you have four players <laughs> right. one's an alternative so he's going to be coaching and playing yeah that's what they say he's he gonna I mean, call his number a lot yeah yeah <laughs> i heard somebody say something about you know if he's a coach like you know the whole practice rent or whatever like is he going to be making them practice so i mean i, I found <laughs> is he going to make it to practice because it's him telling himself to go to practice <laughs> right. this time he won't show right. up <laughs> he won't show up sorry though. alan i'm not showing up today <laughs> that's gonna be interesting to see he's gonna that. make himself run suicides because he missed it oh <laughs> I was like, I was looking at, they got, I didn't know exactly how it all was going. So when I was doing research on it and I looked and so you're playing in Brooklyn, you're playing in Lexington, you're playing in Charlotte. Yep. Um, it's, like you said, it's 10 games. Los so Angeles. Los Angeles. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm really expecting, I mean, first off, you got some big names behind the whip cube and, and some of the other big names that he has behind him and his production company doing it. And then you right. be on Fox sports net lane, like Fox sports, like you said, right. If it's one. Yeah. I like, I like the mixture of the cities. I mean, you don't, you not only have the big cities like LA, Chicago, Brooklyn, you got Tulsa, you got Lexington, Kentucky, which we know has that, you know, Rupp arenas can right. seat a lot of people. So I like the aspect that they can, they're going to smaller markets as well as the larger markets. All right. And then uh, you're playing once again. Um, you played in it last year with a mm-hmm. different team, but this year you're playing in the bat in the in the basketball tournament, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically an invitational tournament that um, mm-hmm. people can play in. And the prize this year is another two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year you played with a bu- with another team, but this year you're playing with a bunch of uh, Vanderbilt alumni. Right. So right. what's your expectations for that? Who, who's all on that team if the, if y'all roster has been set? And yeah. uh, what do you what, what's your expectations for that? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Last year, I tried to compose a team that was full of Memphians, myself included. Uh, we lost in the second round. And this year I decided, you know, let's try to do a Vanderbilt alumni team, mm-hmm. uh, my alma mater. So we've got John Jenkins, you know, a, a name who a lot of people – in the NBA circles and everywhere knows a uh, great shooter. Yep. We got Jermaine Bill, who's be, he's been like an MVP candidate the last five years in the Australian League. Was an All SEC player. Um, we have Alex Gordon, who was the starting point guard when I was there, the winningest point guard in Vanderbilt history. So forth, so forth. We have you know a group of nine guys. Also, Lance Goldborn is a guy that um, I've been doing some general manager duties with him. We've yeah. been trying to put this thing together. So. Right. Lance has been making a good career of himself uh, overseas and in the D League as well. So we're pretty talented, and we're looking forward to it. Our fans did an amazing job of showing out at the uh, online to vote for us at the link, and we I think we finished like fourth or fifth in the South Region. So we'll be in Charlotte the first game in the South Region. Oh, that's what's up, man. Yeah. Um, I was looking at it because this is this is the the basketball tournament's third year. In mm-hmm. the first year is a little known, you know, and like had some big names in it. And then last year, a lot more um, universities or players started doing alumni teams. Right. And then this year, I saw a lot of the teams in there are alumni teams. So you got yeah. like the Ohio State alumni, you know, the Georgetown alumni, Syracuse alumni, Pitt alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, Gonzaga has another alumni team in there. Yeah. And so I, I honestly think I hate that I didn't come up with the idea because <laughs> it's a great idea. to. I mean, it's a. It's a good money maker, but it's also a good way for these universities and these players who mean so much to these universities mm-hmm. to keep um, to keep their fans involved, like to keep uh, being noticed and whatnot by their fans of Facts. that university and give their fans something to cheer about, you know, and let them know what's going on in their lives. Then, facts. Yeah. All right. So we we got you up to date with now, but let's see how we got to this point. Okay. So, Derek Byers. That's your name. <laughs> uh, Ridgeway High School. You're a road runner. You were there from 1999 to 2002. Man, that sounds like so long. So ago. long ago, yeah, right? right. <laughs> Two-time state champion. Uh, year 2000, 2002. Mm-hmm. State tourney MVP in 2002. Gatorade Player of the Year in 2002 for the state of Tennessee. Fourth team Parade All American. Mm. I don't even know if they do the parade all Americans anymore. Do they? Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I know. I know what the newspaper business is going out of. <laughs> like, I don't know if parade does it anymore. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure. But that's a that's a big deal to make that. And you were the best of preps, uh, best player in the city uh, in the year 2002 too, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
What was your favorite Memphis high school basketball memory? Memphis high school basketball memory? Yeah, your favorite memory playing basketball in the city. Like myself included, like 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 my own experience or what Both. I saw in the city. Both, whatever one. All right, so I would say me, like, I mean, I'm an 80s baby, so I grew up watching the Cats in the 90s, whether it be Marcus Moody, Snap Hunter, uh, you name them, Tony Harris, Corey Bradford, uh, Robert O'Kelly. Right. <laughs> Shout out to your alma mater, yes, White sir. Station. Shout out, <laughs> Shout out to White Station. All these are, these are guys that, you know, I was going to the gym with half the time with your brother. And, you know, those guys, man, those were the ones who set the set the bar for me. I mean, you can name Penny, who, you know, obviously is the greatest player to come out of this city. But uh, I grew up watching those guys and it was just fun watching those dudes, man. I, I kind of I wanted to do everything that they did. And um, I would say the best memory for me was obviously winning the state championship my senior year because we won as a sophomore. The junior year, we got knocked out. And the senior year, we redeemed ourselves by beating that same team that beat us the prior yeah. season. And so uh, it was a lot of hate on us that season, man. Like, Why, what happened? Why, was, <laughs> why, why such hatred? I mean, 2002 was a long time ago. Remind us. It was a long time ago, man. But, you know, 15 years ago, I'm still remembering. Like, it was a lot of hate in the city, <laughs> man. You had the BTW haters. You oh, had yeah. the... The Hamilton haters, the 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 Craig Mudd, White Station. Yeah, 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 yeah. I won't, I won't lie. We were in different classes. Y'all were double A, we were triple A, but we did not like each other. Yeah, I know. And nah. we, we, st- we still don't. I still don't like Ridgeway. The only people I like from Ridgeway are family members and you. That's, so, that's, uh, that's, that's amazing how that is, man. It used to be like bad blood on the court, but, I mean, once we left that court, I was still cool to everybody. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's what made Memphis Memphis, man. That's what I love about Memphis. I don't know if it's still the same way. I haven't seen a high school game in forever, but that's what made us us, like the, com- yeah. the competition. Okay. And now, now, speaking of competition, if I remember correctly, I was trying to do some research on it. But like I said, this is so long ago. Uh, not so long ago. You ain't that old. But <laughs> <laughs> you, there was a debate in the city Okay, between you and Jeremy Hunt. Was that, was that the, like, who was the best player in the city? Was that the right one? I was think that that's... Year? Yeah, I think that's safe to say. Jeremy came out in 2002. Uh, pretty much the consensus where we were the top two guys, yeah. Are you better than Jeremy Hunt? Right now at 33? <laughs> <laughs> nah, at, at, at 17 or 18, were you better than Jeremy Hunt? I mean, Talk your talk. Your talk. I mean, listen to this. I, I guess we had to kick back, right? Yeah, we kicking back, dog. We kicking back. We speaking truth. I mean, you know, I got plaques on the wall that, 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 that say my name on them, so... You know, uh, I feel like we backed it up on the court. I felt like I was the best in the city. I felt like I was the best in the state. And, um, you know, it was good times, man. When um, So recently, uh, Torian Moy, T-Head, mm-hmm. had a documentary premiere in the city. Um, and it was just telling his story. Uh-huh. You know, and if, if you don't know about, um, if you aren't from Memphis or Tennessee or from this region and you're listening, we thank you. Uh, if you don't know, T. Head Torian Moy is another high school basketball legend here who famously scored 83 points mm. in a game here, hit 24 threes, mm. and could literally shoot the ball from anywhere, and it would go in. Y'all play, how many times, did y'all play T. Head? Oh, yeah. So oh, he yeah, wasn't cherry-picking like LaMelo Ball. Or <laughs> he was not. Let me tell you something about the voice. 
The voice behind the glass hates LaMelo Ball. So whenever he, he, <laughs> he, he cherry picks games, man, he just sits in the nah, back and just nah. waits. That ain't that, well, yeah, I will tell you daddy this. makes the shoe and then they sell for $500 and then That's he, crazy, he doesn't man. like the Ball family at all. Man, I saw those highlights of that game, man. I, I I'm going to say I wasn't impressed, man. It was a lot of cherry picking going yeah, on. There. He, had, he spent most of his time backpedaling. It wasn't, I'm going to tell you this. And though. not defending. Slowly walking up and then backpedaling. And it right. wasn't, T, T Head was doing everything. He was just pulling the ball, getting it, pulling from anywhere. No cherry picking there. Nah. So y'all played each other a couple times? We played each other a few times. We were both in class AA. T Head was a year older than me. But, you know, going back to my sophomore year, we, we faced each other, I would say, at least four or five times he, so. ever, he ever put a 50 piece on you uh i wasn't guarding him so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on me nah i think he he had close to 40 the the game at ridgeway though that, that dude was one of the best shooters i ever played against now, I, I was looking up records and mm-hmm. um i can't remember the number but he this dude made some close to 400 threes in the season I, and i'm like like that's ridiculous like 400 threes in the season that's I ridiculous I led, Memphis, <laughs> I led Memphis in threes with like 119 my senior year. So that's just. And this, this dude was like, sh- like, it was ridiculous, man. And he was shooting them at like a 40% clip. So it wasn't right. like he was missing. He wasn't missing that many of them. Bro, he was Steph before Steph. Man, and that's it. And he still got it to this day, apparently. He's like, don't mm. ever get in the shooting contest. If you come to Memphis and you meet a man named Torian Moore, <laughs> he challenges you to a shooting contest, just say no. Do not put up money. Because you <laughs> will lose. <laughs> uh, okay, so like you kind of, you mentioned it earlier when we were talking about the big three. Mm-hmm. But uh, so you did all that, you accomplished all that at Ridgeway and you committed to Virginia. Right. Why Virginia? Uh, at the time, a lot of people don't know this, but at the time, or don't remember, at the time they were a top five team in the nation. Uh, I, you know, their number one public school, they were the number one public school in the nation at the time. Uh, so that was big for me and big for my parents and ACC. And they were losing three wings, two wings already. And then Roger Mason declared early. So I was like, that's instant playing time for me. Right. You know? Did you ever consider Memphis? I did. I, I did early on. You know, Coach Cal, when he first got the position, he visited Ridgeway a few times and we spoke. Um, You know, it's just, I had no problem with staying home. I had no problem with staying home. It's just that. I always felt that he was bringing in like dogs every year. Like, yeah. I mean, he's, he's bringing in McDonald's all Americans every year. So my thinking as, as 17 was not that I wanted anything to be given to me, but I, I felt like a lot of guys and guys I know, I ain't gonna name the names, but guys <laughs> I know were getting recruited over and yeah. I didn't want that to be me uh, at Memphis. Is I there just, a stigma of staying home in your hometown to play? When you're like a when you're playing, especially in this town like Memphis, mm-hmm. where we've had such a historic like uh, college team, mm-hmm. is there a stigma of staying home and not going away? I would say it's the opposite of that. I would say it's a stigma of leaving. I would say that you get a lot of love for 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 staying here, whether yeah. it be the Joe Jacksons of the world or Jeremy Hunt, like Tark Blacks, Tyree Blacks. Yeah, I mean these dudes are still getting love, like. Years later, look at Target Black right now. Didn't he Man. just come back and get married in the mayor's office? Yeah, like, he got married in mayor. He started the foundation. He yeah, really. And, um, and he came back, got married in the mayor's office, and did a press conference about his foundation, like all within three hours. Oh, I mean, look wow. at look crazy. at DJ when DJ was just like that's crazy on the t- on uh, the uh, Grizzlies for the yeah. short time he was on it. Yeah, before he did what he did. But, yeah, I mean, he got a lot of love. And, like, a lot of people I hear say, like, man, if we could just pick up 
this is, you know, if Antonio would have played for the Grizzlies for a second or like, you know, right. It would, it's just such a good, so I I see that there's a stigma with, with leaving and not staying. And you know what? That is, that's going to lead to some other questions. (laughs) I was, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, I had that down, but Mm I, I was about to gloss over it till you said it. I'm glad you did. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you, you're in Virginia for two years. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's so funny because you were part, uh, you were part of an iconic play in college basketball <laughs> while you were at Virginia. It's when Dante Jones dunked on some, y'all were playing Duke. Man. And Dante Jones split the trail. I had to go on YouTube to get in to watch it because I thought you were guarding him straight up. And I thought, no, 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 no. It was I, a thought trap. He, I thought he blew past <laughs> you. But I went to anyway. He, Dante Jones split the trap. <laughs> took two dribbles man and dunked one of the hardest dunks I've ever seen <laughs> on whatever whatever your teammate name is Nick Vanderland and then he did two push-ups bro iconic you it was said like it. I said I said I'm glad that wasn't Derek that jump no 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 I was behind <laughs> I was behind the play yeah. like yeah man yeah. that was that was the best dunk I ever seen in person bro you watching it I'm just watching it <laughs> there it is there Woo. it is yeah, hey. Woo. look that, man that that play right there, YouTube it, people. Uh, <laughs> and so you played two years at Virginia, then you transferred to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Why Vandy? Man, another thing that people might not know, I was two seconds away from going to Ole Miss, which I didn't know that. Yeah, you didn't even know that, and you I weren't my closest friends. Like <laughs> I didn't know that at all. Yeah, I was too, man. I signed a letter of intent, and I was gonna put it in the mailbox, and. Shortly, I got a call that because Vanderbilt didn't have any scholarships available for me at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we weren't in a situation where we could wa- where I could walk on. So they called me like literally as I was walking to the mailbox and they were like, you know, such and such is going to transfer to this school. So we have a, a scholarship available. So wow. I was like, wow. Yeah. So I felt like that was that was a better opportunity for me. No, I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I was going to be like, a ima- rebel. Imagine how. Wow. You, like, do- the- you dodge one, man, yeah. especially being in Memphis. Yeah, Ole Miss, Ole Miss is. Oh my uni- God. I, I'm sorry, oh, University of Mississippi. I don't like calling them the other, <laughs> but they are. You know, especially now that the football uh, hated here. Yeah, yeah, mm. they are hated, hated here. here. Yeah, I dodged one, huh? <laughs> so good. here's the real question, the most serious question of it all: Which was a better party school, Virginia or Vanderbilt? Mm. Man, that's a good question. Uh, they both are good party schools. I had, I got to get a slight nod to Vandy. Oh, a slight nod. To a Vandy. slight nod, just because you got Nashville in the in the picture as well. So not only did you have the campus, but you can go off campus, and Nashville is an incredible city. I've heard a, I've heard a good thing. I mean, I've partied at Vanderbilt, at Vanderbilt a lot <laughs> in my college career, and, uh, <laughs> but I've heard good things about Virginia yeah. as well. Uh, to count down or to go out, you know, to talk about what you did there. Two thousand seven SEC Player of the Year at Vanderbilt. Right. Uh, you made the tournament. Your junior year, and then your um, senior year. Senior, senior, you may turn your senior year. Mm-hmm. Sweet sixteen, made sweet sixteen, lost to Georgetown. Man, to uh, Jeff Green and Roy Hibbert. Yes, we did and on on a BS play because Jeff Green traveled. Yeah, uh, what is that feeling like being in the tournament? Like you all, like the tournament is just such a big ordeal. It is. Like, what is that feeling to be a team that is in the tournament? Man, I felt jipped because I only made the tournament one time out of my four years. I was like. <laughs> I was like, I missed out the other three years. But, I mean, it's everything that everybody says it is. Uh, it just looks magical to be a player in the tournament, you know? Yeah, March Madness. All the eyes on you. You can 
you can literally make your name off the tournament. I mean, just in a matter of weeks. So it was it was it was amazing. Is that a thing? Like a lot of players are just out there trying to make a name oh, for definitely. themselves before the draft. Yeah, definitely. a lot of players declare for the draft based on their tournament performance. Right. Uh, it's 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 a I, the name I'll give you off the top right now is a uh, cat cat name Malachi Richardson mm. played at Syracuse Syracuse uh, two years ago as a freshman. He's he should like he was a freshman had a good good to decent freshman year mm-hmm. but had a great tournament and Syracuse ended up making the final four and That's he parlayed that tournament into being a lottery pick lottery the, pick the, uh, the Kings drafted him mm-hmm. Sacramento Kings drafted him and uh, just because he 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 had the right he had a good game at the right time against the right people so he yeah. he was playing against NBA caliber talent in the tournament and he showed out and got him drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, another tidbit of that, y'all were one of the uh, only teams in the SEC or in the country, really, mm-hmm. to bl- to beat that Florida team. Yeah, yeah, man, that was with uh, Joe Kim, Noah, Corey Brewer, and Al Horford, and all of them. Right, that was special. That was special. I mean, they were on a seventeen game win streak at the time. I think uh, they were number one in the country. It was a CBS game, nationally televised, and uh, we played exceptional that day. So that was definitely one of the memories that sticks out with me as well. Uh, what do you? Which conference do you think had the better competition, the ACC or the SEC? During my playing yeah, years, yeah, during your playing years, because uh, you was like you in the ACC, you was going against those North Carolina yeah. teams and and those Duke teams, huh? Chris Paul at Wake Forest teams. Oh man, I didn't <laughs> even put that together. Yeah, I mean, we had Chris Bosh at Georgia Tech teams. Right, I right. mean, the North Carolina Duke, so forth, so forth. I mean. I feel like top to bottom, it was ACC. SEC was strong with Kentucky, Florida, LSU, and Big Baby, and Tyrus Thomas had some good times. Um, top to bottom, I, it would have to be ACC when I was there. Man, I didn't even. Julius Hodge at NC State. He was a player of the year. He yep. was a great player back in college. Um, so forth, so forth. He was so bouncy. <laughs> yeah, he, he could do it all. He was mad versatile. Well, uh, so even, but even between Virginia and Vandy, who was the best teammate you had? You're, you're not, I won't say favorite, but like, you're, like your best, the best teammate. Oh, I say it all the time. He knows who it is. Dan Cage. He was my favorite teammate. Um, he was my senior, my senior buddy, uh, <laughs> graduated with me in 2007. He just, he just epitomized what the word teammate was. He was a leader in every sense of the word, um, exemplified by the fact that he's a coach now, uh, yeah. over at Pittsburgh. You know, we, we, we went in that thing together, man. We had some battles together. But what I remember most about him was the off-season workouts we did together and then just seeing all that manifest to a magical season in 2007. Right. That, was, that was great. Coach Stallings uh, at Vanderbilt, sometimes he gets a bad rep uh, for maybe if it's in-game, in-game <laughs> play calling or recruiting mm-hmm. or whatever. What was your view of playing for Coach and just your view of Coach, and Coach Stallings in general? Yeah, I mean, I've heard – Guys say this, guys say that. Coach Stallings was, can't think of a better word to say, but he was he was great for me. Um, he was coach of the year the same year that I was player of the year. I think we 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 read each other well. Like he he was just he had a brilliant mind for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like his his out of timeout uh, play calling was tops in NCAA at the time. He was just for me like. Recruiting is 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 there's five coaches on the staff, you know what I mean? So, you know, I, I don't think that coach can get all the blame for that. And might I add, like he got Jeff uh 
Jeff Taylor, John Jenkins, and Festus Ezeli in the league. Like right. three guys went basically first round uh, in one draft. So that was huge, and that was just a few years ago. So I don't understand why he gets such a bad rap like that. But uh, we work great with each other. But I also uh, when, when when people tell me that, mm-hmm. and like obviously I get I get defensive a because. I've known people to play for Vanderbilt. One of my good friends coached at Vanderbilt. Right. So it's like you're also recruiting people to Vanderbilt. Like that's it, what, it, it shrinks your recruiting base just a little bit. That's like what I'm saying. You can't you can't go out and get some of the other players just because of the academic restrictions. Right. Um, I agree with that. Your favorite college memory? Favorite On the quarter off. Uh, favorite college memory: Washington State game. Uh, in my senior season, I mean, I don't know how many people saw that game, but I felt like I was in it. Like I felt like that was the best game of that tournament. It was a double overtime yeah. game that, you know, we was like uh, Ali and Frazier. Like it was, it was hitting, you know, from both angles, and um, you know, we we ended up victorious, and just that was an amazing feeling. That team had Derek Lowe, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, what's my guy name? Kyle Weaver. Kyle Weaver, the black dude with dread, with braids. Yeah, before, to- before Kawhi. <laughs> exactly. Kyle. I, I never get. We were. Uh, I was at my boy's apartment in Tucson because you no, know, mm-hmm. we played Washington State a couple times. I think I, we had probably got put out the tournament already that year because we mm-hmm. lost early in those times. But um, I was like, "Yo, man, y'all gotta watch my boy." Like all of my friends, obviously know you because never, whenever <laughs> Vanderbilt or anything was on, like, yep. Watching the homie, y'all can do whatever y'all doing. Yeah. But I'm watching the game, <laughs> and so that was like that. That was a very awesome NCAA tournament basketball game. Like that, y'all, like you said, y'all were going at it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was. You didn't know who was going to win the game. Like, like it, they had a ten point lead. We came back and so forth. So, I mean, that I would say that sticks out the most. Uh, Is that better than blowing a team out to you? Is like playing a game where you're going. T- you go in tit for tat, and then you close the game out. Yeah, it makes for a better experience. We beat George Washington pretty handedly that first game of the tournament by like 30, 40, something like that. So yeah. that's kind of like you don't even remember that memory. Yeah. But the one that sticks out most was that one. And obviously Georgetown, I mean, you know, we were that close to going to the Elite Eight for the first time in Vanderbilt's history, I believe, or in a long time. So that sticks out as well, the Georgetown game. Yeah, man. Like I said, I, I've – I've never forgiven Jeff Green. <laughs> even even when he played for the Grizzlies? Even when he played for the Grizzlies. I never, <laughs> he, never. I, he didn't do enough for the Grizzlies never, for you to yeah, forgive right, him. You know exactly. what I mean? He didn't, he didn't, he didn't, you didn't do enough to. He, he had some sparks. You were like, oh, man, this could be good. And, but it still yeah. it just never amounted to anything. It never got to where you wanted it to be. That's the sentiment that I'm hearing from a lot of people. Yeah, he he, uh, he ain't that well like. He's a listener, here, so love you, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, we love you, bud. Come Uncle on, Jeff. Man. Come on in here. Hey, we'll I will say, interview you no, two. actually, I take that. I was going to say you were the my favorite 32, but no, you're not. I, Who's I, your favorite 32? I still love OJ, man. I mean, he had, <laughs> he had yeah, he had some sparks. Like, I mean, like that one, uh, I remember my, uh, I went to go see, a, I took my wife, she was pregnant with my son to go see a playoff game. It was the uh, Clippers game where Nick Young hit like six threes or yeah, whatever. And we were destroyed about the game. Yeah. Yep. But yep. like at the first three quarters, OJ was like lights out. He's like, he's playing good. Yep. And then. And then boom, 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 boom. <laughs> there goes the dynamite. <laughs> so uh, you, uh, you declared for the draft in 2007. Mm-hmm. You were drafted number 42 mm-hmm. by the Portland Trailblazers. We got traded. 
Mm -hmm. on draft night to the Philadelphia 76ers. What do you remember about the draft process? Um, What do I remember about the draft process? Just a lot of work, man. Just a lot of training, a lot of workouts gearing up for it. I actually did like 15 and 16 NBA workouts, which looking back on it was probably kind of crazy. You know, Mm -hmm. you kind of want to focus on a certain area where you might get drafted or projected to get drafted and just kind of narrow that down. I mean, Lonzo Ball and Markel Fultz just working out for like one, one team. team. Yeah, I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't never projected to go that high, but at the same time, you know, you kind of want to get a better sense of that and not kind of wear your body thin. You know, I, I did a lot of working out, you know, pretty much four to five teams a week when you yeah. look at it. So, what, what, what do you think was your hardest workout? If you had to think like one of the teams, yeah, which one of the teams do you think was your hardest workout? No doubt. It was Charlotte Bobcats. I think a lot of guys were saying that too for some reason. It was either, it was between Charlotte Bobcats or the Miami Heat. Really? Just, just because Pat Riley was there. And Pat is, you know, notorious for work. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And the Bobcats workout, you know, MJ was there. He walked in. Um, you know, so guys going to go extra hard. When say, they and see that, puts a, that, that puts added pressure on you because you're like, oh, not only am I doing this for the coaching staff or whatever, like, yeah, that's Pat Riley. Not even Pat Riley, the GM, or Pat Riley. Like, that's mm-hmm. just Pat Riley. Like, I want to perform in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Right, right. But I remember, I remember there was always this talk. It was like you. They were grouping you, Nick Young, and um, mm-hmm. damn, who was the other? One? I want to say Gabe Pruitt from from USC or something like that. Y'all mm-hmm. and they, they like they y'all were like the top three, mm-hmm. um, small forward threes coming out at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Morris Allman was a good. Morris Allman, that's he was. A good was. He went to Rice. He went to Rice, and I think he was like top three in the nation in scoring. Yeah, game. yeah, yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. Not Gabe Pruitt, Morris Allman. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. And so, all right, so you 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 go through you go through training camp with Philly preseason, mm-hmm. um, and then you know doesn't work out there. Mm-hmm. But since you go overseas, you go to the D League. You've had other training camp invites, preseason games with some other teams like the. Yeah, the Bulls, Thunder with the Thunder, he, the Heat, the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. um, and making it just as just up to you know the opening day, yeah, and, and or whatever. Uh, then you was you went to the D League a couple times. You were the D League All Star in two thousand nine mm-hmm. dunk contest comp- competition. Mm-hmm. Was it like performing <laughs> in a dunk contest? That was in Phoenix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I came down to that one. I drove down to that one. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was fun to see you out there. You know, that I got a taste for your your home state at the time, mm-hmm. your second home, so to say. But um, no, nah, it was great. I mean, I think it was it was funny because I'm generally known as a three point shooter, right? And so when my agent got to call and was like, he was laughing at me. He was like, they they got you in the dunk contest, and I was like, what? I mean, I can. <laughs> At that time, I was what uh, twenty five or something like that, so I can I can I can pretty much get up at that time too. But he was like, "They got you in a dunk contest." I'm like, "What?" But all right, we'll do it. But I want I really wanted to be in the three point contest though. But the dunk contest was cool, you know. I, I was just trying not to be embarrassed, man, because I was going up against good dunkers, bro. Like that's not even my forte. But right, I'm just happy to be here, man. <laughs> I'm just I don't I don't want to miss no dunks, and I ain't trying to get embarrassed. Exactly, exactly. I thought I did all right though. Okay. Uh, like I said, you played overseas. In uh, what was the favorite country you've played in? Um, uh, it's it's a tie between because I would say Spain or Germany, but because Berlin is like 
amazing city over mm-hmm. there. You know, a lot of people speak English. That's important for Americans when they go over there. They pretty much got anything you need uh, in that city. So, you know, they have uh, a Mercedes-Benz arena, which is kind of like similar to an NBA-sized arena. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great in Berlin. Um, just, it's cold. It's cold. Yeah. It's, it's, it's super cold over there in Spain. I know the language, so I was able to assimilate better there by knowing the language. I don't speak German, but right. in Spain, uh, and it was great weather in the city that I was in, Sevilla. So uh, it was between. It's a toss up between those two. Okay, I've heard good things about Germany. My uh, cousin used is in the was in the armed forces. Yeah, he was stationed in Germany. A lot of military people, and he there. said he the Germany Berlin was one of the best places he's ever been stationed. <laughs> He yeah. said he party hard. Yeah, <laughs> they he, got that out there. He said he party hard, and that the women loved the women loved him. And, <laughs> and we're gonna leave it at that. All right. So we talked about those, and I want before we get into other thing, I want to ask you this because I think this is a very important piece of of what goes on. Like, there's a million kids that people that want to be professional basketball players, mm-hmm. want to be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. It's just it, the NBA only has so many slots, right? D-League versus overseas, what would you suggest to late second rounders mm. or even really good undrafted players? What would you do? you suggest them go to the D-League mm-hmm. or suggest they go overseas? I get that question sometimes. I think it's important that you specify, would you say, undrafted guys yeah. or late second late, rounders? Late second round or uh, or undrafted. Yeah, I mean, my only answer to that is – I've always said it depends on where you are in your career. Like, if you're young enough and you feel like you've been, as in the case with me, you've been broke pretty much your whole life and you can, you know, you can stomach like a couple more years of being broke pretty yeah. much. Uh, you know, because relatively speaking, the D-League doesn't pay that much. So if you can, you know, if you can take that and the NBA is your ultimate dream, go for it, man. Stay around in the D-League. If you, in the same vein, if you've been broke so long or whatever, uh, and you feel like you can help your family out. And I'm saying broke because a lot of us come from, you know, situations where we didn't, you know, we weren't that privileged growing up, to, right. be, to be honest about it. But if you can help your family out, I say go for that as well. You know, it's nothing wrong with chasing the money and even chasing the money and coming back uh, to, to try that, to pursue the NBA. That's what I say. I mean, mm-hmm. just from me being around the college game mm-hmm. at the level I was and mm-hmm. my knowledge of the professional. I always, I, if people ask me, I tell them, I say, go overseas first for that first year mm. to make your money. Mm-hmm. Go. And then you come back and then go to the D. Like if you, uh, I use somebody like, uh, I use somebody like Joe Jackson as mm-hmm. an example, just mm-hmm. because his stuff was highly publicized and, and how it's public. You know, Joe played in the D league for a year. Mm-hmm. Didn't get any traction. Mm-hmm. Went overseas to China and made twenty thousand dollars a month. Yeah, for six months. Right. So that's a hundred. You just made yourself one hundred twenty thousand dollars real quick, mm-hmm. real like quick. And that money could sustain you and your family back over here mm-hmm. for you know however long you needed to. If so, you do that one year, make that hundred twenty thousand, then come back to the D League if you need to. Yeah, and 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 get those and 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 get that money, and also get that exposure as well. Mm-hmm. But it's also um, and even having friends that play overseas, um, in different leagues, I think that it's important about going to the right league. Right, over that, there. that too. Yeah, that's that's really important. And go into like the right situation, and like I mean, I don't know how deep you don't have to get that deep into it. I would, I mean, yeah. it, we're we're trying to educate some people, right? But um, 
What was one of your worst experiences playing overseas? Worst experiences, I would say, um, unfortunately, man, you know, I didn't get paid in several spots. Mm-hmm. I didn't get several. I, I didn't get paid in several spots. I mean, if we keeping it real at the kickback, and we trying to educate, I mean, I I pretty much, you know, computed how much money I'm owed. Yeah. Over the course of ten years, and it's scary to think about. It's scary to think about. I, I computed, it and it was like half a mil or something. That's like crazy. That. Yeah. So like, it's it's regular business over there mm-hmm. for teams and organizations not to pay players. Unfortunately, and, and that is. That is a problem that a lot of players over there run into, mm-hmm. which would be, you know, a deterrent of going over there, which also makes you picking the right league and the right team. Very important. Right? Very important. Yeah. Um, so that makes it makes me understand why people go choose the D League thing. But mm-hmm. um you wrote an article that got a lot of recognition a couple about, about a year ago, maybe? Yeah. Couple months ago about the salaries in the D League. Mm-hmm. I think like, I wrote it around November. Yep. No, so explain explain that for us and, and and what all that means. Um, they were proposing. It was, you know, they were proposing that in the new CBA that the D League salaries would go up, and although there was an asterisk behind that, like I think they're only going to do like two or three, three, uh, two or three, two way players is right. what they call them. Uh, so. I guess a guy would be technically on an NBA roster, but making like seventy five thousand in in the D League. So mm-hmm. two way, like it says, like it, 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 he'll be on both rosters and get paid like seventy five grand, which would be more than what the typical D League player makes. Uh, they were proposing that all players was going to get paid that. So I was like, the way I wrote the article was, you know, I mean that's pretty much like the median of what guys are getting overseas nowadays. Yeah. I mean, uh, out since I'm in Memphis and I, I'll speak to something that's relevant for a lot of people. I saw an article about Will Coleman recently in the, in the newspaper about, uh, I, I think they specified what he was making overseas and stuff like that. So, I mean, this people think everybody overseas is making a million dollars. That's not the case at all. I mean, right. there's, a, there's a few guys making that. So the way I, I just wanted to educate on the article and just, you know, I mentioned guys from my group chat who all play overseas. I, I pretty much wanted to give a different uh, account and perspective on how guys felt. Like a lot of guys was like, "Man, I'll just stay over in the D League." Well, those guys are over thirty, so they're not going to do it now. But if you're young enough and you can get paid just as good on a monthly basis for five months, you know that's the way I, I structured the article. But at the same time, I didn't want to. Uh, discourage guys from going overseas because I know some guys who've had amazing times over there as well. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've tried to do some research and listen. There was, there was one podcast I meant to listen to um, about the new D league salary structure because they're raising it some, but they're not raising it. Like mm-hmm. yeah. in, in the past, the D league, it was two tiers of D leagues, D leagues salary. One was like $24,000. Mm-hmm. And the other one was like thirty thousand dollars or something like that, right? Or am I am I even being too high on that? I think. Well, back back in the day, it was three tiers: twenty five five was was an A player, B level was like eighteen five, and C level was thirteen thousand five hundred or something like that. Yeah, I, that's that's ridiculous for professional basketball players to make thirteen thousand dollars over five or six months. Yeah, so they they now they so then they changed it to two tiers, A and B. So mm-hmm. I think it was twenty five. Grand and like eighteen or something, and like that. and and with the 
with the two-way players, it's, on, it's only going to be certain players on those D-League teams that make that mm-hmm. 75000 or whatever you were saying. Yeah, but I don't know. I really don't know how they're going to. Yeah, I mean, I really, I meant to do read more on it. But it's so it's so confusing. It's one of those things where they mm-hmm. don't really want you to understand what it is. Just <laughs> they don't want you to question why they're paying these people this little money. Yeah. And you still fly in on, not even still fly in because, it, okay, you're playing professional basketball, but you're you're taking long bus trips. Or you're taking long yeah. commercial flights and you're flying into these cities and driving other places. Yeah. If you want to read the article, I just pulled it up. It's still on Ridiculous Upside. Mm-hmm. I just typed in Derek Byers' D-League article and it came up first thing up. So uh, if you're interested in reading on that, read that. Um, back to the NBA, the Spurs signed mm-hmm. you in 2012 mm-hmm. toward the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And you play in the final two regular season games. Mm-hmm. One of which was against the Warriors. Right. I remember watching that. I was living in L.A. I was watching the game. I was in my room. My roommate and his girl were in the living when They were in the den watching it. And you scored. I don't know if you scored a layup or a floater. And I went crazy. I was like, oh, we in there. I said, the Haven in the league. <laughs> the Haven in the, the league. The Haven in the league. We made, we made a buck. What was it like scoring an NBA bucket? Like, what's it like to score your first bucket in the NBA? Uh, for me, it meant more to me than it probably did to most guys just because that's how I see it, just because of what it took to get there. Like, I took a long road um, to really get back there and pretty much the road less travel, man. I mean, I bounced around D-League, overseas, and I think I was 28 at the time. It was like it was like my 28th birthday or something like that. So for me, man, I can't even put it into words what it meant and – uh even though it wasn't much, it was just yeah. a testament to how hard I had worked to get to to get there. Man, I tell I, I tell people I tell like my high school players, mm-hmm. it's like you don't even know you you have to work so hard to get a college scholarship, right? Then when you get to college scholarship and you playing in college, you have to work so hard to make it to the NBA and to do things in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it like like we said earlier, there's just a finite number of slots mm-hmm. in the league it ain't everybody don't make it a lot of people won't do it like i tell people you that's a dream people dream about doing that stuff and you were able to live that mm-hmm. that's that's like that's awesome yeah at the end you, of the day. you accomplished something that you wanted to accomplish mm-hmm. you got it and it was one of, one, one of the better organizations what was it like <laughs> Being around because you was on it like there was Duncan, Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, right. all those guys still on the team then. Yeah, um, Hall of Famers. Yeah, what was it like being around them and and and, and just yeah. being in that atmosphere? Yeah, I got a chance to stay with the team throughout the course of the playoffs. Um, uh, so regular season playoffs and then going into training camp or whatever. So, I mean, just to see how that organization is run, I see why they're probably the the best organization in sports not just nba as i see it uh greg popovich is if not the best coach of all time one of the best so you know just to be around that you know i really soaked up that 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 experience and i couldn't have asked to be uh around a better organization at the time we um you know we played the spurs in the playoffs this past season and i was talking to one of the one of their players uh Dwayne Detman who was at USC while I was at USC. Yep. And I was talking to D-Mac and I was I asked him the same thing. I'm like, "So what's it like to be around those guys?" And what's it like he's like, "Man, he said, it's one thing about Pop like in like the film sessions and on the practice court like he holds you super accountable." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And 
he go he 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 get at you when he has to get at you. Mm-hmm. But then like oh yeah, you know, we just we go, we drink wine, we eat. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like D Meg, I've never seen you drink wine ever in life. You, you got with the Spurs, and now you out here drinking wine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a family over there, man. He don't care who he gets on, whether it be Duncan or the last guy on the team. So uh, and and you did that, and and now you you're back to playing overs. What's what's the future hold, man? Like. Mm. Outside of this summer, when you finish with the big three and you finish with the basketball tournament, what's the future hold? You know, you said you were doing. You know, you, you got some ideas and stuff you want to do. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. what is it? Hold? You still gonna play? You gonna? Yeah. What you thinking? I mean, we'll see. Uh, I think I'm gonna approach this, and then once it's over, uh, you know, when the fog gets here, I'm gonna weigh my options and see what I have on the table and. See if I should continue to play basketball overseas or, or whatnot. Um, but I'm really looking into the transition uh, outside of basketball, after basketball. Um, really don't know. Well, I, well, I have a few ideas. I, I I have some options that I'm still looking at on the table. Um, you know, actually have to make a few calls in the next week or so to see if that'll materialize. But um, hopefully, the things I have brewing right now, you know, will come to fruition. Well, you can always fall back on that Vanderbilt degree. <laughs> I'm sure that can get you into some other doors. Um, D-Man, thank you for sitting around talking to this. We're going to take a quick little break, and we're going to come back and talk about some current event stuff, namely these NBA finals and what we witnessed last night All right. um, in game three of the uh, Cavs, Warriors, and some other stuff that's going on in the league and stuff right now. Y'all All right. sit tight. We'll be right back. The OAM Network is a Memphis-based podcast network connecting communities inside Memphis to the rest of the world for a nominal fee. By offering our services for less, we are able to give individuals a platform to share their ideas, experiences, and thoughts. With the community in mind, we are gladly accepting a partnership with Church Health and moving our small operation into a big space, the newly renovated Crosstown Concourse in Memphis, Tennessee. We are holding a silent auction of Memphis-based businesses at Memphis Made Brewery in order to raise funds for the new equipment in the new studio. To be frank, our mics, cables, and soundboard have seen better days. Our vision is to be able to incorporate more podcasts into our network and build up the community surrounding it. We will also be doing live short versions of a few of our podcasts for your entertainment. This will include The Permanent Record with special guest Woody C. Thomas. It's a Just City podcast. You Look Like, a comedy show recently picked up by Craig Brewer. The Game Show, a show about games and other ridiculous banter. And our friend Eric C. will be showing off his mad skills during Drink and Draw, which is not a podcast because drinking and drawing doesn't translate to audio well, but is fun nonetheless. We will also be launching our new Power to the Podcast t-shirts that night. So come by, drop a donation, check out the great local items up for auction, and drink a beer with your favorite podcast hosts. We do realize that not all of our listeners can make it out to this event. After all, there's 240,000 of you. However, if you wish to donate, you may do so via PayPal at oammemphis at gmail.com. If you would like to donate a gift to the silent auction, please email Carla at theoamnetwork.com. This event is being held Thursday, June 22nd from 7 to 10 p.m. at Memphis Made Brewing, 768 South Cooper Street. If you are interested in buying a Power to the Podcast t-shirt but are not located in Memphis, have no fear. Starting June 22nd, the t-shirts will also be available online at voamnetwork.com. We hope to see you there.
We're back on the kickback, still sitting here with Derek Byers. Uh, about to talk about these NBA finals and what we witnessed, what we've witnessed is last week and a half uh, from game one to game two into game three last night. Um, the Warriors versus the Cavs, Warriors up 3-0, and man, they are looking unstoppable. Do you think it's over? It's all the way over. <laughs> it's all the, where the fat lady is. It's yeah, all the yeah, way bring over. Bring it in. Yeah, it's 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 done. Bring uh, in a. I think LeBron knows it too. I mean, yeah. like when LeBron's like, you know what? I'm playing the hardest I can play right now. Yeah, and it's not good enough. Yeah. It's not, man. Yeah, we were watching the game last night, and we both were saying that. I mean, Cleveland is playing almost perfect. At least their top two stars are playing out of their mind right now, and they're still only up by one. Like it was those first two quarters. Cleveland played in court in the first quarter that Cleveland played about a, a good 11 minutes of basketball mm-hmm. and they played one, one bad minute and they were down by like four. <laughs> and it's like, like you just played almost perfect basketball for 96.7% of the quarter, right? <laughs> 98.9% of the quarter. And then they were like, nah, it's all right. You give somebody hit. a sliver of time and they're going to hit two like, threes on no. you. Yeah. They're going to hit two threes on you. And it's, that is, that is what's so crazy about that team, mm-hmm. that Warriors team. Like, mm-hmm. they have so much confidence, and they should. They got three of the best scorers in the league. Right. That doesn't matter when, where, or how, mm-hmm. we can come back. Right, right. And you are, the pressure's always on the other team because the way they play, like, they just play so quick and so fast, and it's just, it's crazy, man. Yeah, like, Steph, Steph is on the bench getting. Uh, you know, uh, a breather or whatever, and uh, what was it, Steph and, Steph and KD? Yeah, and you still got Clay Thompson out there who will be the number one option on most teams. You so. still got Clay and Dre out there. Yeah, they, they while yeah, and while Steph and and then you got you got those solid role players like David West, mm-hmm. uh, Zaza that was doing some stupid stuff last night, but he <laughs> he does his job, which was to keep Chris. Tristan Thompson off the board. Off the boards, and he's doing Andre Iguodala's playing well. And Iggy's mm-hmm. doing well. I mean, shout out to the And you know what? Iggy's not even playing as well as he did last year. And it's still like, it's just, it's the confidence. Like, even when you see Steph and, uh, and especially uh, Clay, who has been struggling, like, they're still shooting shots confidently. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and when they, the even thing. when they miss it, they're still confident. I don't right. think there's anything that can happen to shake their confidence. Nah, absolutely not. They haven't lost since like March. They ain't like, lost. <laughs> Like, huh, they it's <laughs> ridiculous. So okay, we know it's over. This is gonna, this is a bad joke, but the fat lady's coming in. Uh, Jennifer Hudson's coming in. Bring her in. Bring her in. She's not fat anymore. Slim fast. But Je- hey, Jennifer, I don't care what they say. You look great, girl. <laughs> <laughs> After the show, you want to? Okay, yeah, we can Jennifer, we can hang out. Jennifer, don't talk to the voice that way. We can. Um, hey, hey, hold on. I'm I'm working something out. Got it. Get it. You want to go? Okay, I got your number. All right, we're good. You guys right, cool. keep going. Um, are there any adjustments that the Cavs can make? I don't think so. I don't think so. I heard somebody say something. You know, they asked LeBron, like, should they play slower and stuff like that? That's just not them. Like, how are you going to – New York Knicks played slow with Patrick Ewing in the 90s. Like, how are you going to play slow? Like, you don't have a guy you can just throw the ball down low to and get a bucket like that. Like That, that I was – I, that was, I was going to say that. I was like, the only way they can, can they can think about keeping themselves in this, mm-hmm. 
besides Kyrie and LeBron going crazy like they did last night was to slow it down. But they don't have the personnel to slow it down. Nah, I don't think so. They and don't have the personnel to slow it down. Yeah, they just they just I I don't really know what they miss. You can't say what they're missing. They was a they were they were an absolute great team this year. They just yeah. run into one of the best teams of all they, time like, right now. If like we were saying last night, if the if the Cleveland Cavaliers played the same game that they played last night mm-hmm. against any other team in the league. Mm-hmm. Heck, would, you saw it with they the Celtics. They win game by 15. Their, their, their defensive yeah. scheme versus the Celtics was just locked down. Yeah. But yeah. the Celtics are not the Warriors. Exactly. And it, it, is, not. it is not working out like it, it did for the Celtics. And they're not. It's, uh, it, I don't, the only thing you can say is you hope that role players play better. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't even know what you can ask JR had a decent game last night, minus mm-hmm. the worst shot in NBA Finals <laughs> Man, history. Man, I've lost all faith in JR Smith. You know, like, JR Smith can just like he can shoot, he can make the in most insane shot that you've ever seen, completely <laughs> guarded, and then he could just miss wide open threes. But, so or, it's like, what? What are you doing? The worst. He can take the. Yeah. Absolute worst shot in the history of the finals was, at the wrong time. That was definitely a questionable shot right there. What, what was it? A minute and a half left, or no, two it, minutes? It, it was. Like it was right. It was right before he he had made it. There's maybe maybe around three minutes. Mm. Right around that three minute between the three minute and four minute mark, he made a wide open three. Mm-hmm. And he was feeling himself. And he caught it on the other way. <laughs> yeah, I don't know <laughs> took, about that shot. Took two dribbles to the baseline. Fading out of bounds. <laughs> in his head, that and, shot looked pretty. <laughs> and then the Warriors got the rebound and scored a layup and like cut their lead to like one or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, he held yeah. that he held that finger out. He was like, boom. Yeah. Do you do you subscribe to the theory that LeBron made the wrong play last night by passing it to Cal Corbin? <sighs> Man. Originally, I said he made the right basketball play. Like Kyle Korver is one of the best three point shooters of all time. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't wide open. He wasn't you know, wide open on, on second look. He wasn't wide open. I, you know, so I felt like LeBron could have been a little bit more aggressive uh, on that play. I listened to LeBron's explanation of it, and then I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened was Steph made a great defensive play because um, LeBron drove in. He got a shoulder pass, Draymond. Kevin Durant helped. Kevin Love slid over to the block, and Steph was helping down on Kevin Love. And that's why that's why the alleyway for the pass to Kyle Corver was there. Right. But Steph made a hell of a play to get back to Kyle Corver for the closeout. Mm. And and that and if Steph would have been probably a split second late, that it Kyle wouldn't have maybe rushed a little bit or whatnot. Yeah. But um, it would have been wider open, I guess. Mm. Man, isn't um, basketball such a beautiful sport? No, like you can. It, like, like, listen to like the way you broke that down, like how strategic <laughs> it is, like drawing up a play. Like, and, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It was like chess or something. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, but even though, and like I said, these two teams, when they want to do it, the Warriors do it all the time, or the Cavs do it when they can. They just play beautiful basketball. Like yeah. you will, and that's why I. That's why I understand people getting mad at KD for going to the Warriors, mm-hmm. and I, I get. I understand people not liking what it means for the league, and I. I don't care about that. I like watching good basketball, and that is some good basketball. And you will never. It was a perfect storm. Yeah, you will never find 
four more superstars, and I'm I'm putting Draymond in a superstar category mm-hmm. to be that unselfish. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the biggest reasons KD went to that team because I mean he can be the man or he can defer, and he knows that guys around him don't care who gets it. Like the crazy thing is, Steph is averaging like twenty eight, twenty nine points, eleven rebounds, and like nine assists in this finals, and he might not even sniff MVP. NBA Finals MVP. That's right. Crazy to it's me, ridiculous. and and nobody cares. Like Andre Iguodala would start on any other team, and you know he accepts his six man role. Like you Clay know. Thompson, yeah, has really had to step back mm-hmm. and take like because you know he knows he's only going to get twelve to thirteen looks a game. They right. asked him, they said Clay, like wouldn't like, do you think you can be your own leading man somewhere? And he was like, yeah, but I'm having too much fun winning right yeah, now. Yeah, like yeah. why? I'm yeah. about to win my second it ma- ring. It makes sense. I'm about to win my second ring. I'm and still dollars. getting paid still a lot of money. Paid, still getting paid. It makes sense and dollars. Yeah. Yep. Dollars and cents. Dollars and cents. <laughs> oh. oh, man. I had a good question. It just lost my mind. I just slipped my mind. I'm sorry. It's okay. It wasn't because of the dollars and cents. This is, a, this is a really interesting finals. This is a really interesting finals to watch. Mm-hmm. If, this, if, if the Warriors sweep, which... Is kind of looking like is it, it looking like that way when they I play mean, tomorrow. Th- well, yeah, they're one game away. How do you feel about the season as a whole? Do you think the season? How do you feel about the season as a whole? Me, I feel like the season was like great. It was it was an amazing NBA season. Just looking back on it, you had Russell Westbrook. That stands out probably the most to me. The way him and Harden played. I don't know who's gonna get MVP. Probably between those two. But I mean, I haven't seen individual performances like that. What about Harden's playoff run, though? It was so bad. I think it was bad up until he got to the Spurs. Like, again, I, even I, against the Thunder, he was man. good. Yeah, I, that's true. But, I mean, he just fell apart at the end of that. Yeah, I don't, I, I can't even explain, like, what I was saying. Gosh, he was playing so good. Yeah. I mean, he, did, like, it looked like that move to point guard was just the smartest move mm-hmm. that anyone has ever made mm-hmm. with a superstar like that mm-hmm. to move them in a position. Right, right. But you know, and and it's part of like what you said. He uh, he he ran up against Popnim. Yeah, and 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 Nim had some form. Um, <laughs> he had some kind of scheme, uh, some form. I, I I feel the same way with you. You know, and people talking about oh, what what does this do for the league and the future of the league and this and that. Yeah, I'm like, we just saw a dude average a triple double, mm-hmm. which we hadn't seen in thirty forty years. We mm-hmm. just saw another dude get close to what he had thirty some triple doubles. Right. We've seen one of the most prolific offenses in the game. Mm-hmm. Plus, the you got the best player of this generation. One of the best. No, I'm gonna say the best player of this generation. LeBron still doing his thing, bro. Thirty two. Yeah. And you don't. Yeah. You don't see him slowing down anytime soon. Right. You got the young teams on the rise. You got the teams like right. Minnesota and Utah. Milwaukee. And Milwaukee. Like, yeah, they might not challenge these teams next year or in a year next year or the next year, mm-hmm. but they're putting they're putting themselves in a solid foundation to mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. So I don't understand when people say the league's in the bad place. I don't want to see that. Nah, I don't. Know. I don't know what y'all watching. The, I, the I MVP is better Harrison Barnes. <laughs> I mean, like, like seriously, like KD is probably top run right for MVP. Right. Finals MVP. Final, finals yeah, finals MVP. MVP. Yeah. But like going into that, did you think KD would be the finals MVP? It, I, I thought it was going to be LeBron or Steph. I uh, yeah, I, those are my first two. I, and I also I thought that that um. I just wasn't expecting it from KD. I, I thought that he had shown himself under pressure enough to where I just 
I wasn't expecting well, him. Well, that's the thing. He ain't under pressure no more. Because yeah, he ain't got to do it all by himself. He got three other All-NBA players on his team. Right, right. I mean, he, he was a second-team All-NBA performer this year. I think he was out for some time. Uh, yeah, he missed he missed some time with the uh, with the knee. Yeah, but you can't sleep on him. He's still one of the best talents we've ever seen in his generation, too. So um, not a big surprise he's playing like that right now. Uh, when you were with the Thunder, did you work out with him? All the time. All the time, man. He's one of the most humble superstars I've been around. Great, man, world-class work ethic. And it shows. It shows. But, yeah, he was there. Uh, did you did you ever let him use your brush? I <laughs> give him some oil or something to put in that thing. We've all seen. We've all seen. You know this, what I'm saying? The video. You, you did us all the disservice, fool. You was over there with him. You didn't let him use the brush. Come on, man. You, man, y'all you, crazy. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's, okay. Speaking of superstars and the league and the face of the league and things of that nature, mm-hmm. um, there are talks. This is this is probably the second time it's been mentioned. Mm-hmm in the last four or five months that they are thinking about or tossing around the idea of changing the NBA logo no. from, from Jerry West. Seriously? Yeah. I, and, and Jerry West is like, yeah, you know, you can change it. He, this he is the first I'm hearing of this. He didn't, really? You need to do some research on NBA Twitter. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> so Jerry West is like, whatever with it. Yeah, he's like, whatever with it. And the dude, I forgot the dude that took the picture because it's, it's the silhouette. It's his silhouette from a picture that somebody else took. Yeah, I've you seen know. It. And, and Jerry West was like, you know, I mean, yeah. maybe it's time. If you, who would you want the logo to be, or like, what iconic moment would you want the logo to be? I think it's too iconic to change. First of all, it's, it's the logo. It's Jerry West. It's, yeah, it's recognized all over the world. But if we just, you know, playing hypotheticals here, I, I would say. Yo, it would be funny if the Jumpman was a logo or something I like that, right? About that. I, I, I didn't know. I don't know if Nike would let them license right. it out and uh, uh, do something like that. I definitely <laughs> thought about the Jumpman. Because who else, like, that just makes the most sense? He's a GOAT. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he he is what brought the NBA to where it is now and why guys are getting paid like they're getting paid now. Right. I mean, he just brought it to that level of uh, visibility. But if not him, it will be funny to have, like, a Reebok shack on there or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> I was, what if they I don't even know excuse me if you can make the right silhouette of Shaq is Kazam if right it's, uh, <laughs> Shaq is Kazam as the logo if it's uh, if it's Iverson stepping over Tyron Lue oh that would be perfect and, I love that I was, see, I was thinking Jordan Shrug it's just Ooh, George it's, doing a shrug, and that the is a silhouette. The, shrug. The, the George shrug. That is what the NBA is. Is like, are they good? I think so. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> how did they do that? You, you I don't the, know. You ask the question, how did that happen? <laughs> it's where amazing happens. It's where amazing. That is a. That's another voice. You got all the idea. That I'm not even mad at that. That little campaign right there. NBA, hit me up, please. Listen, please. You got all listen, the ideas over. Listen, here. man. That's what we do. We kick back. We just kick back and talking ideas. Y'all can. Capitalize off of this. Um, <laughs> what's another another notable iconic moment? I mean, the Kobe to Shaq alley oop with the Lakers. Ooh, yeah, something like that, or or Iverson crossing Jordan. I don't know. You know which oh, one yeah. I did the I the play that just um, ran through my mind. Uh, I just it got was, one too, but go ahead. It I was when Matt, uh, the sky hook from Magic Johnson mm. in the finals against not it was one of the finals when they beat the the uh the Sixers not when they beat one of the Celtics when they beat mm-hmm. the Sixers mm-hmm. man that's a good one too i was i thought you was about to say Kareem Skyhook but uh yeah. but, i mean cuz he's the all-time leading scorer but 
uh, what about the Dr. J when he like had it with oh, one hand? Yeah. And then put it under the goal or the one when he was it like he cuffed it and like one hand windmilled it on like who was that? I forgot. Oh, and Michael Cooper. Michael Cooper. <laughs> Coop. Yeah, he, he man. Talked, I, when I was working at SC, Coop was the uh, women's coach. And uh, <laughs> he used to talk about that all the time. We used to miss him. He still wears them high socks too. Yeah. <laughs> all day, every day. He still got them on. Yes, I like Coop. You got on jogging pants, okay? Nobody see your socks. I don't know why your socks so why your socks so high. But um, I think it has to be a guard. You think it has to be a guard? I think, I think it has to be a guard. Why not Steph shooting a three? It could be Steph shooting a three. He's it's, got a mousy three too. He kind of like pulls it up. He keeps it all. He keeps his shoulders really in. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's cocky? Uh, I think he is, but he has the right to be. <laughs> I mean, when you drain, when you go up. When you shake LeBron and go up and lay up on him like he that, where he, he did double dribble, but hey, everybody double dribble. Like, so, so does KD. But, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he has the right to be cocky. He's got rings. Yeah. That's, that's, as of now, as of this recording, he has one ring. Yes. After okay, tomorrow, okay, okay, he okay, okay, have to. okay, okay. He will have to. He, but but if at some point, he's going to have rings. Yes. Yes, I, I definitely agree with that. And he no has doubt. MVPs. MV, yep. He that's does true. have that. He does that have that. That is true. Um, God, that just makes me think. Like my boy hates it because he's like Jamal. There's no, the Warriors have three, two MVPs on their team that never happened. Like that's scary though, man. Like Pippen, Pippen didn't even get an MVP or whatever. I guess because yeah. he played with Jordan. But I mean, that just shows the level that he got on their team. Well, oh, what about Kawhi? Hand or Kawhi's whatever. Kawhi's hand. Like, yeah, like, he's he's about to be the best player in the NBA real soon. Yeah, like, so. Yeah. I was no, saying, like I, we're in the golden, we're in another golden, we're in a golden era of point guards. We got so many great point guards in the league right now, and we're in a golden era of superstars. So in coming into their prime or still in their prime right now, you got Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kawhi Leonard, Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. James Harden. Mm-hmm. LeBron is probably toward the end of his prime, but he probably got you another year or two where he can get you the same kind of numbers again. Dame, you. right. D- Dame is coming into his. John Wall. John, John Wall, Wall is, coming, is coming into his. IT. Isaiah IT. Thomas is coming. Like, this is another golden era. And people talking about the game. What are you talking this, about? And it was scary. The process. You got a guy like Greek Freak. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm How saying? can you be that good and be that long? Man. Bro. It, it just doesn't make sense. So, like, speaking like on one of the earlier shows, we um, it was me, my usual co-host Q, and my boy Therese. We had a three-on-three draft. Mm. And my team was James Harden, um, Giannis, Greek Freak, mm-hmm. and Kevin Durant. Mm. Now, like those, those, I my that three on three, that three on three team would be anybody. A because Kevin and Giannis are long as hell. They just they right. long. They both footers. Like they yeah, both. and they can guard. Uh, they can guard the you know all the way up to the five down to the the and, three, and they can still and they can shoot. Mm-hmm. And and like yo, you can't do. But like this, is what I was talking about when like Giannis being so long, and like that Bucks team, the young but they they just a long team, right? right. Young Bucks. You got Greg, uh, not Greg Monroe, um, Thon Maker. You got Thon Maker. You got John Henson. You got Giannis. You got Chris Middleton, who was like a long K- two guard, KD light. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Um, Jabari's out right now. Jabari. Yeah. Then you got the young boy from Virginia, Brogdon. Yeah. Um, rookie of the year candidate. Rookie of the year candidate. They gonna be they gonna be something to mess with. So I don't know, man. I think the league's in a good place, and I I understand people trying to call doomsday, but I don't really under I don't 
I don't get it. I understand it, but I don't see it. That's not the way I look at it. Man, I think it's in the, one of the best places it's ever been. You got guys signing a hundred million dollar contracts, two hundred million dollar contracts. The money is insane. Everybody's winning. How I see it, like <laughs> the owners are getting paid, the players are getting paid. And like, you know what? Like have. the the all star thing is just like really like stepped up. Like I think the all star experience for the NBA is now ba- is almost taking over the NFL's all star experience. Well, and, and the the funny thing is, the worst part about All Star Weekend is the actual game. That's the worst part. Yeah, like the, everything the, else is great. The three con- three point contest is good. Dunk contest is good. Mm-hmm. The rookie sophomore is always good. And then the atmosphere of the city that you're in mm-hmm. always like we were in New. It was in New Orleans this last year. And yeah. I, it's, New Orleans it's is just better a party than the NFL, anyway. man. The yeah. NFL just can't compete with the the All Star experience. Pro Bowl, nah, no. I saw a tweet last night that said last night's game three. Like that's how imagine how an all star game would be played if they really cared. Like if they really if they, tried to play. That's right. like last night. There was like Bruh. six all stars out there last night. Five people had over thirty points. Like Insane. LeBron, LeBron had thirty nine, close to forty. Kyrie had forty. Uh, Steph, Clay, and KD had thirty. Insane. What? Like that competition level. Imagine if dudes was out there in the all star game, like trying to get it like that. Like there, like if there was like a crazy bonus you get for. For winning or something like that. You know what I mean? Man, look. Oh, um, okay. So to bring it back, uh, to, to talk about the place where the league is, we're going to end it with this type of topic. Um, in Adam Silver's like State of the Union, State of the League address before the final started, and he was talking about changing the uh, the one-and-done rule mm-hmm. like or, or presenting it to the NBA PA to, um, to change the one-and-done rule mm-hmm. to maybe two. You know, two, two and done or whatever, whatever. Um, it before. We, do you think the one and done rule is hurting the league, or do you think who do you think is hurting more, the league or the college game, mm. or the player? I think it's hurting the player. Uh, I think I think it takes away the uh, opportunity to uh, take in the limelight, take in the the feeling of the eyes and stuff. And I mean, I, I think the same way w- with uh, people that I knew that would never drink in high school, mm-hmm. and then they waited until they got like twenty three, twenty five, and yeah, started drinking, it. and they just went, they just went nuts. Yeah, they weren't able to uh, figure out a way to slow, like uh, control themselves with it, not get drunk off of it. Yeah, and yeah. I, th- I think that it's hard not to get drunk off of power. The kickback does not condone underage drinking. Oh, no, no. Definitely (laughs) not. Definitely not. (laughs) But uh, I'm playing. We all done it. Um, So what do you that's those are great points. And I'm 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 going to come back to one of the things you said. mm -hmm. But go ahead, D. No, I I think it's hurting. I probably have to agree with that. I think it's hurting the player more uh, just from being a player and seeing a lot of guys I know and peers that, you know, I mean, a guy like Lonzo Ball, you know, he's going to be one and done. You know, he's going to. Looks like he's going to get drafted by the Lakers or top three for sure. And, you know, a lot of these dudes go to good situations where uh, they play, they start, they become rookie of the year, whatever. But what about the dudes that do one and done and they go undrafted and then right. it's it's a it's a tougher road or second round or even like lottery, but there's five other guys at your position, so you do time in a D-league. Like I, I, it's so hard because – that, that's a loaded question, man. That's a loaded question. Like I, I feel like it it hurts everybody, you know, to some degree. This is and, and this is my point to what to what you both said when it comes in terms of the player. 
Um, I think everybody's entitled to make, I don't want to sound bad the way I say it. I think everybody's entitled to make a bad decision. So if you, if you decide or you think that you're good enough to go and you decide, I don't want to do college basketball anymore, you go, you're entitled to make the decision. I don't think there needs to be things in place that stop you from doing that. Like there are kids and, mm-hmm. and, and regular college students that make those kind of decisions every day. Mm-hmm. But I also think that in terms of the player and you, with you being a college athlete, at, you know, and, and going through it and if you serious about basketball, to go to the league and get drafted or either you go D if you get drafted, undrafted, whatever, and you go D league or however, your life is basketball. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can dedicate all 24 hours of that day mm-hmm. to getting better at basketball. If you want to, mm. if you stay in college, you don't, you can't do that. It's just, re- it's just reasons why you can't. There's reasons why you can't. You, yeah. you got to go to class. Mm-hmm. You got to do this. You got to do that. Your coaches can only have so much contact with you. Mm-hmm. So and that's why I un, I, I kind of understand um, some kids in doing it where it's like I just if I want to play basketball the only way I can get better at basketball I might as well mm. go up to this level and work with the high the coaches at this highest level as much as I can to get as be- to get better as quick as I can right um, that's crazy I I saw something recently kind of associated with that where they were saying that they're they're <laughs> <laughs> they're considering like making the D league like uh, age 16 or something like that, where you can play. Somebody mm-hmm. mentioned that, but the thing is guys in Europe do it all the time. Like yeah. I play with Christos Porzingis in Sevilla, uh, Spain. He's Latvian, but he came over to Spain at like 14 and became a, he was pretty much, uh, I think he was on the uh, junior team, what mm-hmm. they call it, but he was playing pro at like 15, six, you know, 16 I, years old. I forgot that. I never forget when you, when the Knicks drafted Porzingis, mm-hmm. I was in a group chat with two of my two of my best friends who was up here last time, and they big Knicks fans. Mm-hmm. They were down on it. They're like, "Man, who is this cat?" Yeah, and I had texted you. I like, "D, you play with this dude, right?" He's like, "Yeah, he the truth." <laughs> yada yada yada. And I screenshotted it and yeah. I sent it to them, and I was like, "Look, man, yeah. if it's one by, if it's anybody I trust yeah. when it comes to this <laughs> basketball stuff, it's yeah. my guy right here." And he yeah. said, "Y'all gonna be good." Yeah, man, I, we'll see. We'll see. Next thing you know. Shh, he, t- he turned out to be. <laughs> he, he turned out, out okay. to be pretty decent. He turned yeah. out okay. He's pretty decent. <laughs> he turned out okay. He did yeah. all right. Yeah. Um. I don't think it's hurting the college game. What I what I think it does is I think it makes coaches do their job a little bit differently and mm-hmm. identifying prospects who a if you want them to be around for four years you get you know you can look at a player and say okay that's a four year player that's probably a two year player. Oh, that's a one and done. I don't want to stay away from him. I want to build my program around this guy. It makes colleges and coaches make better recruiting decisions. Mm. Now, in some cases, things happen in the season where um, the player feel like the player who's supposed to be a four year player has a breakout tournament or a breakout two months, and he gets on people's draft radar. Uh, I look at um, what's my guy that played at Duke, the point guard that played at Duke, Frank Jackson. Nah, the year they won that championship with uh, Jaleel. Um, Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones. Mm-hmm. Tyus Jones was projected to be a th- two- or three-year player. But mm-hmm. he went in and had that great tournament run. He, he won that championship. Mm-hmm. Got drafted in the lottery. Hadn't, hadn't played no meaningful NBA minutes. Might be out of league after mm-hmm. next year. Yeah. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he, start, he wanted to capitalize on his momentum. So you got your money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, signed a lottery, lottery pick contract. Uh, same thing with the boy um, Tyler Ennis yep. from Syracuse. Yep, same way. He had two 
really good months in college, and that put him in a, be a first round pick. So he got guaranteed money, yep. but he probably be out the league after next year. He's been a vagabond since he got yeah he he done, he's got he's got traded three or four times, yep. and so in those cases they decided to cash in on their th- on on what was going on. Mm-hmm. But those coaches that recruited them thought that they were going to be mm-hmm. three or four year players. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and so it's a slippery slope, man. It is, and I don't know if you could if if you could change it, would you change it, and how would you do it? I mean, I think with everything there is, there's evolution, and I feel like I don't know whether it be, you know, things be- becoming automated by robots in the world today. Like, yeah, everything evolves. Like, I feel, and that's why I felt like the documentary about Cal, Coach Calipari, was so good because he has evolve with the times i mean he has found a way to master the one and done game i mean anybody who loses four or five all mcdonald's all americans every season you know they're only going to be there for one year two max and you're able to bring in four or five more the same year i mean you how can you get mad at that like he's selling kentucky the brand like the program and that's what I, i tell people with even with kids you have to have the utmost confidence to go play at Kentucky. A, because you know you only got a year. Mm-hmm. And so you better go out there and ball because <laughs> he bringing in some more. He, if you if right. you ain't doing what you're doing, right. you're either going to be on the bench or you're going to transfer out mm-hmm. if you don't if you ain't good enough to make the league. So you, when you're so touted to be so good, you're that betting on yourself. destroy your career moving forward. You, you bet, you're betting on yourself. And, mm-hmm. and, and if you, you have to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And most of them do. I mean, a lot of the ones that don't, I know. Uh, I look at somebody like Daniel Orton, mm. who was on that uh, Kentucky team with Demarcus and John Wall, and them. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to go. He had to go early because of family stuff. His family needed money, so mm-hmm. he got drafted in the lottery. Got a lot. Got a three year, four year guaranteed contract. Probably made about three, four million dollars, and ain't been in the league since. But um, he had to do it then for that, and, and it right. ain't been too many other misses. Yeah, Deron Lamb. Deron Lamb got a couple years. I he believe. got a couple years of the league. Milwaukee. James, James Young is on Boston right now, but he ain't really seeing too many more minutes. He might be gone after this season and before next season. They might cut him in the. And I was, but they've been in the league for two or three years. Yeah, made some money, got the names out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 hurt us. Us is in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple years ago, we lost a guy named Grant Jarrett. Yep. Uh, Grant went after one year. Didn't. Didn't get drafted. Or he got drafted by Oklahoma City late and didn't make the team. No, he made the team. He was on it. For he got he, so he got a year out of it, but he didn't play any meaningful minutes. Mm-hmm. Even this year, Chance Comanche, Chance is a, uh, this is sophomore, I believe, should have came back. Decided mm-hmm. to stay in the league. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I would change. If I would change it, I might just say I would take out the one and done and let you go from high school. Um, be and. If you, I let, I'll, I'll let you declare, right. and if you don't get drafted, if you keep a record of the stuff that you, the stuff that happened, like mm-hmm. my, an agent paid for this, 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 and this. Yeah, I don't see why they can't let you go to school. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they yeah. can, there's a way that they can make it work to where if a kid, because even going straight out of high school, yeah, a lot of kids that do this one and done never would have went straight out of high school. Mm-hmm. You know, they mm-hmm. they do that because they're in the one and done things like that. So I I think that or they they do they have the um the they'll have an advisory board the same the same way they do now that tells players where they think they'll go and if the advisory boards think you're one of the top 
25 players in the country that yeah. can go one and done or, or go out of high school. You're the only 25. So you, through high school and AAU, you're playing to be one of those 25. If not, then you got to go to college. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and see, that's why I think, I think, I think that rule got abused, so to say. Like, I mean, I think in 2004 or five or something like that, one of the last years that high school guys can go, it was just an insane amount of dudes that declared and stuff like that. And right. I mean, you hear so many Lenny Cook stories and stuff like that, man. I mean, it, everybody can't be LeBron. Like, you know what right. I mean? Those dudes are like Trent, you know, once in a generation kind of dudes. And even J.R. Smith came out of high school and he's had a productive NBA career, but so some guys are ready, but a lot aren't. Right. And, you know, it took J.R. a long time though. Yeah, yeah he, he, his talent was immense, but he was a knucklehead. And it, yeah, and it also took him a while to get his uh, the right footing and the right team and situation and stuff like that. So I'm I'm really of the belief that I don't like denying somebody um, the opportunity the opportunity to earn a living, whether that be a 18 year old person that's trying to apply to Juilliard Music School or, or whatever. Like, right. so this is this is their profession. You yeah. know what I mean? So what would it look? You know. Imagine if LeBron had to go to Ohio State for one season or something like that. You what, know what, what I mean? What does they do? Yeah, I mean, but I know guys who, case in point, and th- I'm not trying to single anybody out, but it's just because I have a wealth of basketball knowledge. But a guy named Jason Frazier in my um, in my high school class, he was a McDonald's All American. I mean, he went to Villanova for a couple seasons and got hurt. Had he probably come out in the NBA draft, he was a McDonald's. All- I mean, he was six ten, shot blocker. He probably would have been lottery. That's yeah. guaranteed money. But so some guys, man, it, it hurts them to stay in school longer. That's sometimes. what. When you said that, it made me think about. It made me think about um, Cal's docu the thirty for thirty on Calipari because they mm-hmm. talking about D Wash, right? Not D Wash. Um, Was it uh, not D Wash? Dewan Wagner. Dewan Wagner. D Wag. Mm-hmm. He got. He left out the first year. Mm-hmm. Had got a year in the league, made mm-hmm. some money, or got in half. Then then they found the heart problem. Mm. If he you know if he would have stayed in college, he find that heart problem. You don't you don't have you don't have that four million dollars that you just made. Yeah. in that in that one year to fall back. So like it's it's a give and take, and I don't think there's right. there's not an answer that will um, make everyone happy. Mm-mm. There's not a happen that will, there's not an answer that will please everybody. Mm-hmm. But I think there are different ways to the solution that can make it work for everyone. You right. know what I'm saying? Right. I agree with that. But it's it's like I said, it's a slippery slope. It is. And there's, there's negatives and positives on both sides. Well, you know what, um, D, that was a good kickback. DB man, uh, I thank you for for sitting in with us and and kicking back with your boy and letting the people know <laughs> a little bit more about you and your history. And uh, make sure y'all check my man out on Fox Sports One and the Big Three when that starts. First game is June twenty fifth. That'll be on the TV and look for him on E at the uh the basketball tournament game's gonna be later this summer later this summer. Mm-hmm. On the ESPN. They're networks. gonna be on ESPN. Check my man now. Uh voice hit me with some of that uh, good old outro music. Uh once again, thank the voice behind the glass for doing all that he does. Thank my guy Derek Byers for sitting in with us talking to us about all sorts of things and everything. Um say it one more time. If, so many different ways to listen to us. Listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio. If you check us out on iTunes, please give us five stars. Leave comments, something you like to hear, anybody like to talk to, topics, whatever. Uh, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, oamnetwork.com, slash the kickback. 
like it there leave us comments you want to send emails to us the kickback radio show at gmail.com we're answering questions and all the other stuff um once again this is your boy jamal this is kickback and we out the proceeding is an own production for more information go to the oamnetwork.com have an idea for a podcast? Email info at theoamnetwork.com today and pitch your podcast.